When it comes to your investments and retirement, in this economy, it's important to be smart. And with the Smart Investor Hour heard right here on AM 1420 The Answer, you'll get both smart and intelligent information you'll need to help with your investing. So sit back, listen, and learn with your host of the Smart Investor Hour, Tim Hayes of RBC Wealth Management. Good afternoon, everybody. Another beautiful day here in Ohio. A little chilly, but what the heck. Let's start off thinking positively. Don't follow the crowd. Let the crowd follow you. That was one of my favorite ladies, Margaret Thatcher. I named my uh, my Labrador after <laughs> Maggie. I can give you six words formula for success. Think things through, then follow through. Management is doing the right things. Leadership. Management is doing things right. Leadership is doing the right things. Sorry about that, folks. If you would not be forgotten as soon as you are dead and rotten, Either write things worth reading or do things worth writing, Ben Franklin. And finally, a leader is best when people barely know he exists. When his work is done, his aim fulfilled, they will say, we did it ourselves. Lao Tzu. Uh, there we go. Anyway, as, as we always talk about on this show, uh, you know, you, you want to be uh, looking at uh, our webpage. So we steer you there. You go to WHK1420. You go to local podcast down to Smart Investor Hour, Tim Hayes. It goes right to my webpage, makes it easy for you. Uh, so you just go to remember WHK, right? Anyway, you go there. Uh, there's a lot of good stuff on my webpage. If you go under insights, there's all sorts of really good stuff. You know, we, we have a bunch of stuff uh, for you ladies out there. There's a lot of stuff on there for women in investing. And uh, uh, look, I've got five or six women who are just sharp as tacks as uh uh, that are clients of mine, and, and they're they're great investors, and we work well together, and uh, phenomenal stuff. Anyway, uh, it's it, it's got a lot of stuff on there on on uh, on the, the the election. Uh, we're going to talk about a little a few of the articles that are on there now. Also on the front page, under bulletin board, is Bob Dickey, our head technical strategist, technical update every day. Sometimes when you see things, you understand better. Okay. The market is this huge, huge thing, and if you look at things, it's better for you. Okay, so I do, I highly recommend it. Uh, it's it's amazing uh, some of the calls Bob made uh, during our time. Also, if you'd like to get our dividend growth portfolio, our prime income list, now is the time. Dividend stocks have been uh, underperforming now for four years because we've had earnings growth, we've had economic growth. Okay, I have a feeling. If Mr. Biden gets his tax plan through, you're going to look at dividend stocks again, is what it comes down to. I read the whole thing, so I could say that. Um, anyway, uh, you know, just uh, it's something to think about. Uh, the dividend growth portfolio, I think, is a, is a slam dunk uh, for anybody that's, that's uh, you know, 40 to 60, in, in my humble opinion. Uh, it's, 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 it's perfect for um it's perfect for everybody. Let's just put it that way. So uh, anyway, um, we have our business owner's guide to transition planning. Uh, for all those people who are out there trying to sell a business, number one, I'm telling you private equity is trying to steal your business. They're, they're you know, we can usually, uh, we've got some people that can work some deals for you. The Savvy Credit Investors or the Savvy Investors Credit Workbook. Look, interest rates are not going to stay low. All right. They're not going to stay low forever. Now's the time to lock in a 15-year loan. Trust me on that one. 
uh, and also our wealth plan, which is uh, which is digital and it can be changed. Uh, you know, it's an ongoing process. It's not that we just do a plan and it, the book sits on your shelf all day. It's on your computer and you can mess with it all the time. So we just we talk about that quite a bit and uh, highly recommend it. You know, back on July 11th, 1987, the world population ba- uh, passed five billion dollars. Since then, it's risen steadily to seven point eight billion in 2020. The International Monetary Fund, the largest share of the world population, lives in China with 18.4%, followed by India, 17.9%. The U.S. is actually the world's third most populous nation with only 4.3%, right? Isn't that interesting? By the way, uh, that's what uh, a lot of people said is population growth is what the problem is. Uh, we used to grow our population at 1% to 2%, and now we've been growing at 4 to 5%, so it's been an exponential move. The Australian Mint has begun minting 25 million $1 coins, coins called the donation dollars in a bid to inspire further levels of charitable giving in the country. I think that's a good idea. And the U.S. remains by far the largest economy in the world with a GDP of $21.37 billion, or 24.4% of the entire world economy. Uh, it crested, uh, the, the, I think the total economy is at 80 um Global economy is at 87.7 trillion, so that's kind of interesting too. Um, let's let's talk about uh, some things that I think are kind of interesting. And um, you know, we've been talking about uh, the epicenter stocks now for about four, three, four months. Okay, we talked about Carnival, you know, the cruise lines, the airlines, uh, the, the, the Las Vegas. All those stocks went up about 30, 40% last week. Not a bad call, huh? And that comes from our friend, Tom Lee at Fundstrat. Good call, Tom. Tom used to be the head strategist at, uh, at Morgan Stanley. He, we now get his research regularly, along with Rob Schleimer, by the way, who's one of the best technicians on the planet, next to Bob Dickey. So uh, what he did this week is he talked about the Trump White House and the stock ideas, which are very similar to what we talked about. Um, and they're they're more of the defense, the airlines, Vegas, the cruise lines, you know that type of thing, uh, where where you would and oil and gas, by the way, uh, is the other thing. Now in a Biden White House, which unfortunately we see, I, I, I'm sorry, I'm a Republican for all you people out there. Uh, we seem to be you know heading towards. Uh, he talks about uh, travel, gold, uh, drug stores. <laughs> which I've bought a lot of lately. Uh, so he's not talking at all about oil. Matter of fact, I think oil might be a short uh, if Biden gets in. So uh, that's something to think about, okay? And and it, it's it's thing, it's things like this that I think people are not um, paying attention to. But look, I think the big message was uh, that, you know, we were talking about value versus growth. And, it, and every day it seems to be a struggle between the two. And I don't think growth is going down the tube. I just think it's going to go sideways for a while. Okay. So we go back to that barbell approach. Uh, where you have, you know, you have the barbell, that's your consumer staples, your utilities, that type of thing. And then on one side you have technology and the other side you have industrials, banks, etc. Okay. Or value stocks. By the way, this is a live show. So if you have a question, the number here is 216-901-0945. That's 216-901-0945. That'll get you directly in here. But, you know, we, we made a pretty good call. We talked about the, you know, the epicenter stock. So we're done. All right. I think we're going to probably see 
um, you know, quite a bit of uh, stuff going on. Now, look, the, the election reaction took a lot of people by surprise, but I think it was a combination of, of uh, there's a lot of, you know, that everybody wanted Biden to win. I don't know. Uh, kind of surprises me, actually. And also the fact that we had the vaccine hit. And I think it's kind of interesting that the vaccine hit right after the election. I don't want to say anything, but we'll just say it anyway. <laughs> uh, no conspiracy theories here. But look, I think uh, the question is, um, does does Mr. Trump have a a, a, a real case? Uh, and, and I'm not a court, so I'm just I'm just bringing this up. I'm not making any calls. Right. Does he have a case for, you know, the the vote fraud that he thinks that's happening? Uh, it's funny because, uh, you know, Mr. Biden's hiring a guy named Klain as as his uh, chief of staff. And he complained for six months that the the the, uh, the last election was rigged. So it's kind of, you know, it comes around, goes around, I guess. Uh, but anyway, I, I think, look. So far, we have to look at Joe Biden as, as the the uh, the president so far. OK, so it, look, I think it's going to be a, a different scenario. All right. So what people have to understand is, I, uh, first of all, I think they're going to throw a lot of money out into the economy. Another three trillion, four trillion dollar deal. I don't think that's going to do wonderful things for the dollar. OK, so that's why I think uh, Tom Lee is talking about gold. The dollar goes down, you know, gold and basic materials are moving up. And uh, I think the real problem is if uh, Georgia goes the Democrat way, uh, <laughs> and, you know, the Democrats spent like 20 to 1 on all the elections compared to the Republicans. So the fact that they lost 12 seats in the House, or uh, 13, I think, another young lady in California picked up one uh, for the Republican side just this uh, yesterday. Uh, so... The key here is uh, if they get Georgia, we will not have gridlock. And that, that's a little bit scary. Uh, that means you've got to start to consider, you know, uh, your, that this is when you need a wealth plan <laughs> because the taxes are going to change. Trust me on that one. Uh, the, you know, divided government would be a good thing at this point, I think. I, I think that would have some far-reaching stuff for fossil fuel, healthcare, and the financial industry regulations. Uh, you know, there was a lot of regulations put on the Obama from the Obama administration via the uh, uh, Department of Labor and Cortez, who was the uh, the head of that, uh, just did, you know, presidential uh, uh, orders, shall we say, and uh, uh, put it made my my life a little bit more miserable. So we'll see what happens. But anyway, I, look, I think a great idea right now is the guided portfolio, the prime income list. I think there's some really good ideas there that. Uh, you know, I, I think could make a lot of people happy. But look, I've been talking about this for some time. If Biden does win the presidency, and unfortunately, it looks fairly good for, for the Democrats right now. The big thing you need to know is that in the ESG is going to gain ground. What is ESG? It's environmental, social and governance investing. The other thing that's going to gain ground is the digital investments. All right. Digital, the digital world is here to stay because of COVID, and it got advanced about five, 10 years. Those are the two areas I think you have to, to look at. And if you look at the assets under management, BlackRock is one of the big uh, proponents of ESG. Uh, I don't, look, I'm not saying I agree with this stuff. I'm just saying this is what's happening, okay? Uh, but the net inflows in this uh, category have been sustainable equity. I mean, 
they're there. It's there. Okay. But $40 billion came into the market last week. And I think you've got to understand a couple of things. Number one, here's a couple of things that happened. Number one, the American Association of Individual Investors, which was at a 38% bulls a week ago, is now at 55%. It's the largest one-week jump in 10 years. All right? Now, there's been 11 times that this happened, and it, it's been a big move in the market afterwards, okay? The other thing that occurred that I think is kind of interesting, and I, this comes from our friends Dorsey, right, by the way, uh, uh, down in Virginia, who are incredible is it, with, with some of the information they provide us. The other thing is the S SPX bullish percent. We're not talking about the bullish percent for all stocks, but for the Standard Poor's 500 was up 14% in one week to 78. It's very overbought, okay? But the last 10 of 11 times this has occurred, the market has been up substantially going forward. What I'm telling you is not to get bearish, okay? Uh, you know, it, it's just, it, it's not not a good idea at this point. Now, look, uh, I looked at some things and, and uh, uh, oh, here it is. Hold on one second. I got to get my uh, machine working here. Uh, well, anyway, the, the key here is is that uh, what you're what you're seeing, I think, is a lot of people who are are going to be very negative uh, due to the, uh, the the election, and that's okay. You know, uh, look, I think first of all. We got just what the doctor ordered in a vaccine, all right? And there's several more coming. Novavax has one. Moderna has one. Johnson Johnson has one. You know, and so uh, what's also interesting is that U.S. Treasury yields moved higher. So if everything's so bad, why are the yields going up? I, I think uh, you, you also see some of the stuff that uh, what's going up, I think, is um, also uh, intriguing is the uh is well i'm going to talk about this next part of the show <laughs> uh anyway the, the key here is i i think that there's a lot going on that we can uh we have to pay attention to and uh we'll take it from there now i had a question i had a lot of questions this week about interest rates and municipals and look the if the economy is rebounding it's very positive for municipal bonds and they've been killed Okay, uh, because of COVID, because you know they don't know if if the you know the particular municipality uh, can pay their bills. All right. Now uh, Chicago's been killed because Chicago's just had bad management, uh, and, and a couple other places have been killed because they have bad management. However, uh, I do think that there is some stuff that's going on here that is very positive for uh, you know the overall market and rates, and, and that. You know, so look, the vaccine came out and the rates popped, and now they're settling back a little bit because the COVID cases are coming out of the woodwork. And I think that that's okay. Um, you know, so, but what we're doing is we're building a base on interest rates. So I think they're going higher. And remember, when you're an interest rate investor or you're a bond investor, a CD investor, you want to buy them. You want to buy them when yields are up. Okay. And if you're not doing that, you want to set yourself a ladder portfolio, okay, so that you constantly have money coming due, all right, 
constantly have money coming due. So if interest rates go up, you can hit them when you, you know, when you get an opportunity. I think the prime income list and the dividend growth portfolio are great ideas right now because I do believe we're in the middle of a uh, giant bull market. Hey, when we come back, we're going to talk about a, uh, a couple things that I think are interesting. And uh, in the meantime, if you've got a question, 216-901-0945. That's 216-901-0945. Stay tuned. This is Smart Investor Show. Okay, we're back. Um, you know, I, I I was talking about BlackRock earlier, and uh, you know they're they're big, big, big in uh, ESG. But look, I, I think you got to understand something, and, and this comes from uh, the Alger Group. You know, who have a couple mutual funds knew David Alger pretty well. He's fortunately died in the uh, September 11th scenario way back when. But look, I think you got to understand that the electric cars are coming. Okay, the the moves in some of the electric car companies have been significant, and uh, I'm not so sure they're warranted, but they're significant. And so you you, you can either turn a blind eye, blind eye to them or make money off them. Okay, the other thing is solar capacity is projected to grow at double digit annual rate over the next decade, reaching more than 1.7 million megawatts worldwide. That is massive growth, folks, and it'll still be a minority of the world installed power. Uh, capacity, which is approximately 8 million uh, megawatts. So, look, the cost of solars is falling, uh, and I think that's important. And the other thing they have to do is make them more efficient, which they're starting to do, okay? But the cost of solar energy has declined an amazing 68% over the past five years, even without the government you know, help. So solar penetration is highest in Europe, especially in Italy and Germany. Uh, Japan and Australia are large adopters, too. China's going that direction. So I think you got to look. Electric cars, okay, solar, uh, that type of stuff is going to be here for a while, all right? So just uh, remember it, and, you know, I think you have to pay particular attention to it, okay? So, uh, you know, we're, we're in a new realm, okay, if Biden gets elected, if he's officially elected. We've got to start to think like a Democrat, <laughs> I guess is what you have to do. And... That's what they're going to go for. They're going to go for, uh, you know, uh, environmental, social, and governance type stocks. I also think the digital world's going to be there. So we'll just, but look, one of the things I noticed, and I think this is extremely bullish for commodities, is, you know, once Pfizer announced their, uh, their vaccine, you know, we had the big jump in the, from the American Association of Individual Investors from 38% bulls to 55. And usually, you know, you don't have to worry until you hit the 60, 62 mark, but credit spreads are are improving. And that's really bullish for stocks for the most part. Uh, you know, look, the sentiment in the bond market, what, what we do is you utilize the relationship between risky high-yield bonds, HYG, let's say, and the 7 to 10-year trust, the IEF, the iShares thing, Okay. And the ratio formed is an initial peak last June, well, uh, you know, well before the summer top in the S&P 500. And it looked at the time as if the, the negative uh, divergence between the two was starting to form. Now we're starting to get a positive divergence, which is really good. Uh, and it's possible that any new high ground will be achieved you know, later rather than sooner. Um, so I, I look at the SPX, and 
you know, we had kind of a bearish exhaustive gap a couple of days ago, so we'll we'll see what happens. Uh, that was the day where we were up a thousand and we finished up only eight hundred. So we'll see what happens there. But uh, look, I, I there's a a couple of confidence relationships here. That is the first between Fidelity Capital Income Fund and the Vanguard Treasury. Uh, so that pits high beta versus S and P. You know the quality portfolio, if you will. So, uh, but international confidence is improving too. So we're seeing the, the you know um, very bullish things. I think gold is also forecasting higher uh, um, commodity prices. If you look, you know, gold, uh, you know, has, has been in this you know scenario where uh, actually it, it it died really quick. It went below, it broke below its uh, support for a short period of time, and then the commodities broke out. So I I, I think you know. In my particular case, I think you know natural resources, basic materials, might be a better bet. Uh, you know, you, you always buy um, staples when inflation or deflation. Okay, uh, in inflation, you want to have a little bit of uh, basic materials, that type of thing. So, the other thing I'm seeing, and I, you know, I don't, I don't know if I'm right here, and I, I looked at three or four of the biotech ETFs, and I thought they were interesting. One looks like it's a uh, it's had these pennants and it breaks out from the pennant. The pennant's like a kind of a down, uh, a down trending pennant. So you have a series of lower highs, lower lows, and you break out from it. We just had another one we broke out from. So um, the other two uh, have been, you know, had a, a, a couple of lower highs and now they've gapped up and then broken another pennant on the upside. Uh, now they still have to get through, you know, what we call kind of a bullish triangle, if you will. Uh, and if you break through the top line, uh, things could get really interesting. So this is the big biotechs. Um, what I'm seeing, by the way, and everybody gives me a hard time about this, but the, the, the small biotechs are getting interesting because, look, uh, uh, there's, there was three stocks last week that, that were at five. One went to 40, the other went to 29, and the other one to, went to 18 from five. So these things are very heavily shorted. And when there's good news, and you know these biotechs aren't—they don't come public because they're—they don't have anything to offer. That's not how it works. Okay, uh, so it, it's something that you have to uh, pay attention to because these things are popping like, you know, hot potatoes. So I think more and more that's going to happen because they can't keep these things down if they got life-saving stuff. And there's a you know, uh, a friend of mine who's a biotech, well, he's a healthcare analyst, told me uh, about two years ago. He said there was 400, 500 companies. That he saw that had life-saving science that were trading below five bucks. <laughs> Interesting. I mean, that's that's home run. In the meantime, uh, everybody, I I had ten questions, and you can email me. By the way, you know, you can email me on my uh, uh, from whk fourteen twenty local podcast down to Smart Investor Show Tim Hayes. You go directly to my webpage. You can email me from there, or you know, uh, you know ask for any of the information because they said you know contact me, email me, that type of thing. I had 10 questions last week about energy. Well, energy was in a, you know, a, a downward sloping, you know, lower lows, lower highs, and it popped out of it uh, uh, in the first week of November. Chevron really was the – Chevron made a huge move, and a couple other ones made a huge move. And, and so you had kind of what is known as a, a silver cross on the index, the XLE, which is positive, and, you know, the bullish percent, you know, jumped pretty big and all that good stuff. So I think you want to wait on it, but it, it's – it's an interesting, uh, interesting scenario. Now, I looked at energy itself, and I, I thought, you know, hey, if we break, um, 
uh, 41 on, on oil. That would be a big positive. Now, there's one group that is screaming, a, a screaming by. And in, in my opinion, and by the way, Rob Schleimer is right there with me. And I think Bob Dickey's right there with me. And, and it, we don't define this area as just industrials anymore because industrials can mean storage and computers, you know, but it's, it's more the capital goods sector. Okay. But weekly momentum just blew out uh, on the, if you know what a PPO is uh, on the S and P 500 went crazy they broke out relative, you know, on a relative strength basis to the S and P 500, and they had an absolute breakout. So that's the group I think, uh, you know, but it started out with commercial vehicles versus, you know, the industrials. Uh, commercial vehicles have been going crazy. Uh, commercial vehicles have been going great against the S and P 500. So we have transports and industrials starting to break out. Got to pay attention. Okay, so uh, that's something that I've, I've owned some of these, and I'll just leave it at that. Um, so, uh, here we go. What else am I seeing? Um, I I think that people are bullish, but they're bearish. And I think you're going to continue to see uh, pullbacks that are short-lived. You know, I listened to Bob Schleimer this week. And Bob, you know, he, he used to be our uh, RBC's head technician for the whole world. And uh, he's now with Funstrat. He's, I think he's one of the best. He and Bob Dickey, you can't go wrong. When you listen to two of them, and he, any ideas that they combine on, you got to buy. It's that simple. So, but I think you want to, you know, pullbacks, you want to add to cyclicals. Uh, and cyclicals can be indu- industrials, it can be banks, insurance companies, things like that. Okay. Uh, storage for technology. I mean, there's a lot of uh, the technology, semiconductors and stuff in that category where there is no, I mean, they're in a capital goods cycle, okay? Uh, I think, you know, if I look longer term, I'm bullish. I, t- I said last week, uh, you know, I'm very, very bullish. And uh, I wasn't expecting the vaccine when I said that. But look, I, one of the things that Sh- Rob Schleimer looks at, and I think it's, it's kind of important, and Bob Dickey said it's kind of the same thing, the weekly quadrant balance momentum indicator is still down and out. Now, the dailies, up there okay so you know we might have a, a you know a bit of a pullback but even the daily uh, up until you know we had the big move this week was was just turning up so it'll be interesting to see uh uh how how much farther we go from here now the one thing that i was worried about as you may recall was the vix and the vix was overdone okay so the vix is no longer overdone it's looking great. Uh, it you know it's it's pulled back uh, pretty na- uh, drastically. The put to call ratio went straight up, and then you know so it wasn't a problem anymore. And now it's back, straight back down. So you know we could, like I said, I think any kind of pullback will be short lived. And I, look, there's several stocks in the insider buying area which we're going to talk about, which went crazy on the upside. So just remember that ten year yields looked like they were trying to break out until Friday, and then they pulled back again. And I think high beta versus low low volatility uh, is still working. So a uh, couple things we like to see. Also, I think small growth is better than small value right now. So hey, let's take a break. This is the Smart Investor Show. Once again, you get a question, 216-901-0945, 216-901-0945. Stay tuned.
fell into a ring of fire. I fell into a burning ring of fire. Okay, we're, uh, we're back. Down, 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 and the so Johnny Cat, one of my favorites. Anyway, uh, so this is when we talk about uh, the bullish percent. And, uh, you know, the bullish percent is just simply a, a risk guide, okay? And people use it different ways. Uh, some people bail out every time it turns down. Uh, but I, I use it uh, as an opportunity to buy great companies at discounts. I also use it as a defensive measure when certain things happen. Now, the bullish percent was was designed by a protege of Charles Dow back in the 30s, actually 20s. And what he wanted to be is bullish at the bottom and bearish at the top. So he designed a point-and-figure chart, 0 to 100, and he looked at all the stocks in the New York Stock Exchange. Okay, And when a lot of them were, you know, when 70% of them were on buy signals, that was usually a time you wanted to step back and say, whoa, too many people are bullish here, folks. Too many people are bullish. And, and then when they got below 30, percent where the, the the charts were bullish that's a good time to buy nobody nobody wants to buy then so over 70 is the red zone below 30 is the, the green zone and everything in between is okay all right but column of x's we have the offensive team on the field is where we are right now column of o's is when uh you, you have to look a little bit closer now usually look when you go into a column of o's you have to do some other things there's something called dynamic asset level investing and when we had our problems back in between 2000 and 2008, domestic equities were one of the lowest forms of life. Okay, so what we do is we judge all the asset classes and we vote on them. And the relative strength of domestic equities were the lowest they've been. We picked up 21 signals this week where domestic equities are way ahead of everybody. By the way, what's interesting is international equities picked up enough where they came in third place. They knock out fixed income. So uh, it goes domestic equities, cash, international equities, fixed income. Interesting. Very interesting. Uh, so anyway, uh, right now, with domestic equities having being the lead player, the local markets are where you want to be, okay? New York Stock Exchange, NASDAQ, you want to just have a touch in international. Fixed income. Look, I think the 60-40 portfolio from 20 years ago is dead for a while. Until the Federal Reserve wants interest rates to go up, there's, uh, you know, bonds, you know, they're okay. They're not great. Okay. But I don't, th- I don't think you want 40% of your portfolio, even if you're retired. Maybe the prime income list, maybe the dividend growth portfolio, those are monitored for you. And uh, we run them just like a mutual fund. So uh, uh, it's a great idea. Anyway, so the bullish percent this week was up 17.7% to 65.8%. The S&P 500 bullish percent, which is the large stocks, was up 14% to 78. So there could be some filing back and forth a little bit. Uh, the over-the-counter index was up 11.5% to 52, 53, I'm sorry. And that's a good place to still buy. So it looks like the small caps are starting to emerge is what I'm seeing. And then the world index was up 10% to 50. And, and these are all now in a column of X's. So the offensive team is on the field. We're mid-ground with small caps in the world. The larger names are a little bit overbought. So you want to be careful how you buy things. Uh, I've been buying a couple things where insiders have been buying big. And uh, we'll talk about that in a second. But 
all the major bullish percents have reversed back up into a column of X's this week. So we're all in good shape. Okay. So that's good. Um, the high low indexes are, are still, uh, they're, they're not at 90 or a hundred, which is good. They're at 60, 62, uh, which is good. You know, so we're not overbought yet. Uh, it sounds that way, but look, the one thing I, I'll say this is domestic equities further solidified their number one position within dynamic asset level investing this week, giving another 21 new buy signals. That's pretty big, you know. Uh, going back to 2005, the one day increase of 21 signals was the third largest organic increase in buy signals ever. Okay, so this is this is pretty big, you know, pretty big stuff here. So the other thing, uh, I would suggest is international equities, uh, you know, like I said, uh, they picked up a lot. Uh, you know what? I said the cat, they were, they were number three. I'm sorry. They're number four, but they picked up a lot of, of uh, buy signals this week. So uh, I did notice that the Dow Jones went positive for the first week at five uh, and same with the emerging markets, the EEM, you know, which I've been talking about looks like it broke out of uh, at least a short-term downtrend anyway. Uh, the mid caps and the small caps have really been leading the way. Um, they, they've been positive for five weeks, uh, and the the, the uh, XLG has still been negative for a while, same with the QQQ. So remember what I said is I thought those leaders from the summer would lag for a while, uh, and they probably will, in my humble opinion. But there's some obviously been some elevated uh, volatility, and one of the things I said back in September and October, I said. Whatever happens in the last two weeks of October is going to decide the election. And it did it again. They sold it off, uh, which meant the incumbent usually loses. And uh, unfortunately, so far, that's, that, you know, look, I, I understand every, if you're a Republican what you're thinking right now. But unfortunately, that's the way it looks at this point. Uh, on a year to year basis, the IJR, which is the uh, small cap index, uh, it remains in the red. Okay. It's got a 2.3% loss, but a lot of the stocks are still are starting to break out. So the QQQ has the biggest gain so far, about 33%. So it's it, it's those large stocks, but they've stalled. You know, it was up 39%. So uh, they've stalled. I, I would say this, though. If I look at the S&P 500, it did break a double top. And the equal weighted brought, uh, broke a triple top uh, at 116. So uh, the equal weighted uh, is looking kind of interesting. And then I look at the... Uh, the Dow Jones Industrials, and I think we have to break over 300 to uh, on the on the diamonds to, to to do anything. And the mid caps did break out this week too, so I think that's very positive. Now the IJRs uh, have broken their downtrend line, but they have to break 90 uh, to to break out. They're at 82, uh, so they're on a, they're in a column of X's. But small caps seems to be gaining re relative strength, which I think is important. Um, look, uh, QQQs. A lot of people have been selling to buy other things. And the question is, I, I think, you know, if you look at the QQQs, 300, remember we talked about the triangle patterns a couple of weeks ago. Uh, and we had the S&P break out of a triangle pattern, the uh, IJR and the, the mid caps and the small caps. Uh, the QQQs have to hit 300 to uh, to break out. I don't know if they did that Friday. I, I, I think, you know, Apple was down. Uh, uh, Amazon was up, but it didn't gain any. It didn't gave another X on the performance and all that good stuff. So it's, it's, uh, it's an interesting time. Let's just put it that way. Now I looked at uh, sectors and we're up to uh, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 14 positive sectors. So uh, that's, that's good for up, up from 11. So we're starting to pick up again. 
Now, we've become very, very overbought, and restaurants, believe it or not, are at 80. So they made a big move. Uh, these are just the favorite sectors I'm talking about now. This is where you want to place your money. And the ones I talk about first are the ones you want to wait on, okay? Machinery and steel are at 74. These are the most overbought. At 70, remember, 70 is the red zone. Chemicals, autos, uh, and aerospace. At 64 is housing, textiles, leisure, building, and savings and loans. Uh, and then at 60 is gaming. So that's probably a pretty good place to go. Gaming, remember, was was in the was not a favorite sector just a week ago, and it's popped up almost 14%. Retail is at 55. Boy, our new retail analyst has been calling it right. And if you'd like her report, you know, you go to my webpage, WHK1420, uh, local podcast down to Smart Investor Show, and you go directly to my webpage. Uh, she's got some a couple good names, I think. And then finally, computers are at 44. We only have two groups under 30, and they're not, and it's oil service and oil. So they're, they are not favored. I don't think they're going to be if, uh, uh, you know, things happen. Uh, I think it's interesting. Biotech and drugs, the, the charts on the ETFs look very interesting, yet they're unfavored, uh, but they're only at 40. So, you know, some interesting stuff starting to happen. Let's put it that way. Um, somebody asked, well, we had a lot of movement in sectors this week. So let's let's talk about that. Telephony was unfavored. Uh, oil, gas utilities, food, medical, and protection services were totally unfavored, moved up one, one group. Transportation and non-ferrous metals moved to unfavored status. Uh, moving up from unfavored to, to average status was waste management, real estate, a lot of movement and reach this week. Uh, business products, insurance, and banks. And then in, for move from average to favored, computer, leisure, savings and loans, textiles, and then into favored status. Gaming and aerospace. Uh, so that's aerospace was the interesting one, simply because you know they're already talking about cutting back on uh, on the uh, uh, you know the budget for defense. But I think the fact that we talked about the epicenter stock going forward—that's the aerospace that blew out on the upside. I mean, some of those were up twenty, thirty, forty percent uh, for the day. Uh, international equities have continued to gain momentum, and I think you know if the dollar. If they do another huge uh, deal with the Democratic uh, Congress, uh, you know, like a three billion dollar deal, I don't, I can't see the dollar going up for a while. So uh, I did see, you know, uh, I mean, Singles Day at Alibaba did seventy five billion dollars, but uh, uh, the uh, Mr. Z uh, said that he doesn't think Ant should come public, and I think he's starting to clamp down on capitalism a little bit. So Alibaba got whacked. Even after seventy-five billion in sales, which was it, you know, last year's uh, record, they doubled it. You know, Amazon did ten billion. They thought it was it was a big number, uh, but you know, so it'll be interesting uh, what what happens with Alibaba. Uh, it's kind of right at its uptrend line. I think you got to be careful with that one. Now, one of the things I saw is fixed income. U.S. Treasury yields rose uh, as part of the risk-on trade. Okay. Uh, and that accompanied Monday's vaccine move, which, uh, you know, was a big move in the market, obviously. Convertible p- bonds remained atop, uh, you know, the fixed income ratings on a relative strength basis. And that is definitely the place to be. And if you, I, I've got two really good sectors there. Um, there, are, there. There's a couple of groups that do it. There's one group that does it best. Let's <laughs> just put it that way. If you want to help, uh, let me know. Uh, as far as commodities and that type of thing, Crude oil went positive for the first week in 14, 
and and gold went positive this week too. So um, uh, the the only other thing I can I can see is relative strength. You know, we had a lot of relative strength changes this week, and I just I'll just go to those. Remember, relative strength is comparing yourself to someone else. Just going to go over these fast. Uh, CAA is industrial service, Octernal Therapeutics, Ameriprise, Copa Holdings, Apex Medical, Acadia Healthcare, Lennox, Mo- uh, Mohawk, Myriad Genetics, Olin, uh, Maxillanier, uh, Team, v- Vivid, oh boy, uh, Aramark, there's a bunch of them. So uh, anyway, let's take a break. We'll be right back with Insiders, the Smart Investor Show. If you've got a question, 216-901-0945, 216-901-0945. Okay, we're back. Uh, I do believe we have a caller online. His name is John. John, how are you? Hey, Tim, how are you doing? Uh, no complaints. <laughs> I always appreciate your anyway. show. Oh, yeah, no one listens anyways. Hey, I appreciate your show and everything that you, 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 you do and address. Um, you know, I was in a, it's like it seems like the market is always it's like an all-or-nothing proposition. you got growth uh, taken off one day, then you got value taken off another day at the expense of growth and the other takes off at the expense of the other. Is there, I mean, you're, when you're saying you're looking at a bullish scenario, I mean, are you, uh, are you imagining that both can move simultaneously? It seems like that's kind of the one nut that's so hard to crack here because I mean, obviously the COVID and, and everything else and, and you, you have stimulus. Uh, I don't know if there's going to be any stimulus and, you know, and gold, which is like, doesn't seem to be moving. I don't know why gold is not hasn't done much of anything. Maybe because there's a perception that with the vaccine, there's no, there's not going to be a stimulus. But um, anyways, if you could just address the, the two, the, kind of the the the, the markets, it seems like there are two sides that are in, in, in battle with one another all the time. Well, first of all, gold made a huge move. Gold went from thirteen hundred to eighteen hundred. That's a huge move, John. Okay, now it's digesting the gains, and we said that this summer that it went parabolic for a while. So when you go parabolic, you got to go sideways for a while. That's what's happening with the big tech stocks. Okay, they went parabolic from the March low till this summer, and they're going to go sideways for a while. I mean, you, look, things don't go to the moon, <laughs> even if Jackie Gleason says so. It doesn't work that way. Okay, so gold made a big uh-huh. move. The key, the key is, is what's happening with the industrials and even the bank. The banks aren't giving it up anymore. Okay, people, you know, I look at the, I look at charts. So I. I don't care what they're saying. I want to see what they're doing. Okay, that's why I look at I look at thousands of charts every day. People think I'm nuts, but I that's what I do. And the reason I do it is I want to see what's happening. The banks aren't giving enough. The industrials are breaking out. So what's happening is we're no longer in this world where seven stocks rule us. Things are opening up finally. Okay, and by the way. Value stocks have outperformed growth stocks all but three years for the last 120, okay, since the stock market was, you know, started keeping records. So uh-huh. this is an unusual time for growth stocks, and it's because of the Federal Reserve's policies. Nothing we can do about it. So the key is, is that, yes, they can go together, all right? In a good economy, all stocks go up. Now, the question I have is what happens now with if we have new leadership? OK, uh, you know, M- Mr. Trump pounded the table for, you know, 
Powell to loosen up and, you know, hey, let's get the economy going because that'll solve a lot of ills. And it did. Okay. Now, the question is, what happens when we start to regulate and all that good stuff coming up here? Because regulation and taxes are coming. Uh, you know, if, if, if Biden wins the White House, they're coming. And, and that's what worries me a little bit. But for now, the industrials are breaking out. And that's why I said have the barbell approach. You know, gold, utilities, and, and uh, uh, your, you know, your uh, called staples are in, uh, on the bar. One side, you have technology. And by the way, I make a lot of money on small cap technology lately, okay, uh, with my friends Matt, Matt Hedberg and Mark Mahaney, who's on CNBC all the time, the two of the best analysts on the planet. And then on the right side, I think you've got to be in the value stocks, uh, industrials. Yeah. To, why, why, is small cap, why, is, why do you think why is small cap growth? Why are you picking small cap growth over uh, small cap value at this point? Uh, I think you can buy both. I mean, uh -huh. I don't think there's uh, – look, I, I don't think uh, – I mean, is U.S. Steel small cap anymore? <laughs> I mean, it's down far enough. Uh, but, you know, it's made a move from, what, 6 to 10. All right? So I just think small cap has been left to, to die since 2014. And, and so small capitalization stocks are starting to move. That growth made the first move. And I've been making more in, in the digital world, okay? And I've been talking – you know, look, I don't, I don't just BS on the show. I actually buy these stocks from my clients and myself, Okay. But in the meantime, Cloudflare has gone from you know thirty dollars where I bought it to sixty four. Okay, uh, yeah. We had a company called Jemaya that was three bucks that went to twenty three. All right. Uh, so there's a lot of them out there that are working. Now the value stocks will probably the, the small cap value will probably follow the leadership of the large cap industrials. You know, with your value, healthcare. But I look, uh, Bob Dickey recommended uh, this was a while ago, so I'm not recommending this, but. The, the regional banks are up very nicely since we recommended it. So, you know, look, we're broadening out. It's very bullish. It's very, very bullish. If gold keeps going yeah. up, that means there's, you know, things are good. Okay. So we want all this to happen. And yes, they can go together. Happened from, not, you know, from 1982 you know, to 2000. Yeah. Well, great. Well, thanks so much. Yeah. I really appreciate it. You know, that's funny. I ended up uh, looking at Macy's, which who would have ever thought that But that chart looks pretty good. I mean, just like, I, you know, I mean, all kind of crazy stuff could be going up at this point, right? Yeah, I, I think there's better calls than Macy's in, in the retail. I, I'm not saying don't buy it. Okay. Uh, you know, it, it could move from six to, to 10 and it'd be a great return. All right. So, uh, but I think, you know, what you want to be looking at, there's there's better ideas. That's why yeah. I mentioned the retail report, okay? Uh, great. So, John, have a great day. We'll talk to you soon, okay? Oh, you too. Thanks a lot. Bye-bye. Right. All right. See ya. Uh, anyway, we talk about insiders now. Some rules about insiders. I mention this every week. Number one, they're early. Number one, I want to buy, see big insider buys. And number, uh, number three, uh, I want to see multiple insider buys, okay? Insiders know their companies better than we do. Now, I got a kind of a, a technical one, Kraft Heinz. Uh, we had... Uh, Alexandra Van Damme by uh, $420 million with the stock. Unfortunately, the company that owns a great deal of it sold it to them. <laughs> and I'm going to get to that in a second. Uh, so, but it's kind of interesting. He's one of the, uh, Alexander uh, is one of the oldest, I don't know if it's a he or she, to be honest with you, one of the oldest directors they have on the, on the craft board. So, And Rob Dugan, uh, Bob Dugan is a pretty smart guy. He's the guy that started computer motion which was bought by Intuitive Surgical, 
and he got the, he actually got the the motion part for intuitive surgicals uh, uh, robotic surgery, and he made a gazillion dollars off that, and still is by the way. And then he had pharmacycles, which he made a gazillion dollars off of, and he's made a gazillion dollars on a couple other things. And he he bought some therapeutics, uh, and he bought forty six million dollars worth. And why that's interesting is because uh, you know I mentioned this stock a while ago, and uh, Magkant Zagana was a dentist, by the way, and is on the board of Summit, and is on the board of Pulse Biosystems, which is another name that Dugan owns, and was on the board of Pharmacycles. I think he's a friend. He's a dentist, actually. He bought uh, about 14 million shares, I mean, uh, about 7.8% of the company about a month ago. Now, if you don't think this stuff works, I recommended Kodiak. I didn't recommend it. I just said some people, uh, the Baker Brothers, bought Kodiak. Fifty-eight dollars a share. I just sold half my position at one twenty. That was a month ago. So if you don't think this stuff works, you better think twice. And I forgot last week, Merck. I said that Merck bought a billion dollars worth of Seattle Genex, or now it's called SoGen, but they paid two hundred for it, and the stock's one seventy. That's what I forgot to mention last week. I also noticed is that Impin, which is Communications Services, we had. Uh, uh, Celebra Capital, uh, which, you know, they, they're on the board, by the way, by $12 million worth of stock at a new high. And then Steve Adams uh, at Camping World, you know, remember uh, uh, our friend who's on TV all the time. I'm not going to mention his name. He, he's bought a lot of this stock. Uh, and it's at a, you know, it, it got, just got beat up from 40 down to uh, 28, and he, he's buying more. And then uh, Multiplan, which is getting beat up. This was controversial, but one of the directors, Michael Klein, bought $4.8 million. And then uh, Cerebral Therapeutics at a new high. We had uh, two directors, Chris Gordon and Adam Koppel, both by $3.4 million. And then Bruce Dax at Vertex uh, by another $3.2 million. And then here's an interesting one, NACO, uh, which is in thermal coal and stuff like that. We had three directors, uh, Frank Kaplan, uh, Britt Kaplan, and uh, Deanne Kaplan, uh, all by $2.5 million worth. And then uh, also CIM, which is a commercial trust at the REIT, uh, we had three buyers there, uh, CMI Capital, which is the parent company, uh, Shaw Kabu is a director, and Richard Ressler. They all bought the same amount, $2.3 million. And then uh, a gentleman by the name of Suresh bought another $2.3 million. So a lot of big buying there. And then Hamilton Beach, which was hit new highs and then got crushed about two weeks ago, a week ago. We had one, two, three buyers all on the board. They all tapped them. Uh, members of the Taplin family uh, that bought uh, $2.1 million each. And then uh, this is an interesting one. It's a software company, UETS Technologies. Uh, we had a buyer, uh, he's a director, Anthony Ball, who's a pretty smart guy from you know what I've read, $1.8 million worth. And then finally, we had, uh, uh, I'm sorry, Sprout Social, which is at a new high. And uh, we have a gentleman who bought $1.5 million. I did notice a couple other names uh, that, you know, we've had some, we haven't had any new buyers for a while. Uh, newer, which was just got crushed just recently. We had uh, a director buy a bunch of that. And we, we were very fond of Newer, and then we, we went kind of negative on it. And Honeywell, I think this can, the, the company continues to buy their own stock. They're up to $48 billion worth. So we'll see what happens there. All right. So, um, I, I, had a, I had a bunch of questions, uh, you know, and look, 
I, I want you to understand, I went over this last week and, and somebody said, do you just rely on technical analysis? And the answer is no. I have some very, I mean, you know, Mark Hedberg and Matt, I mean, uh, Mark Mahaney and Matt Hedberg and their group, Dan Perlin and all the other guys that go with them are, are not going to cover off the ball. Okay. So what we try to do is we try to take technical analysis and add it, add fundamental analysis to it. Okay. When we add those two together, we're probably going to do better than if we just do one or the other. And uh, look, what we look, we loved ping identity systems. I, I, I sold most of it except for two or three people and uh, you know, took it from there. So we want to add those two together. And I think, uh, uh, look, it's my humble opinion that, uh, I'm very bullish right now. Um, I, I think I, I like smaller caps and value stocks a little bit better. But look, if you want our prime income list, our dividend growth portfolio, our savvy credit, credit uh, savvy investors credit handbook, you want our business transition guide, go to my webpage, go to WHK1420, go to local podcast down to Smart Investor Show Tim Hayes, go directly to my webpage. Don't forget to go to go to the Insights tab. It's good stuff there. But uh, you can also get our top ideas, our multi-cap ideas, and our small-cap ideas. They're all ready to go. In the meantime, if you'd like to talk to me, 216-774-8906. Have a great weekend. This is Smart Investor Show. I'm Tim Hayes. Remember, buy low, sell high. RBCWMFA.com slash Tim Hayes. That's all one word in the address bar rbcwfma.com slash Tim Hayes. Please join us again next Saturday for the Smart Investor Hour to hear more smart investing from Tim Hayes of RBC Wealth Management.